Today, we're gonna look at how long your wedding celebration should be to get the most enjoyment out of it. Notice I said how long and not how short. Welcome to the Inspire Your Event podcast. My name is Kevin Snow, founder of eventsbysnow.com. We're all here for two main reasons. Number one, you want to host a wedding or event that is completely unique, exciting, and memorable. Number two, you've got a passion for learning new ideas, discovering insider tips, and collaborating to raise the industry standards. I've worked full-time as a wedding and special event DJ since 2011. During that time, I've learned what makes an event successful and met some awesome people along the way. So let's discover these secrets. Meet some of these people and have an inspired event. Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Snow. Today we're going to be talking about how to get the most out of your wedding day and the time that you use. Because let's say you spend several months, six months to a year, maybe even more to plan your wedding. And your wedding's just one day. And that one day is going to fly by faster than a normal day. You need to take in every moment, but that's hard to do with everything moving so quickly. So how do we maximize that time of your wedding day? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. You can figure out ways that you can save time and cut some corners, or you can just plan for your reception to be longer than you originally intended. So here in South Carolina, we usually don't have real late receptions. Generally, it's like 10 p.m. and we're done. It's over, which is very different from some other parts of the country that go until midnight or later. But let's talk about these weddings that have a ceremony at 6 p.m. and then end by 10 p.m. All right, stick with me because we're going to go through a time frame here. So the ceremony starts at 6 p.m. and let's say it's about 30 minutes long if all goes well. Everyone then moves to the reception site and it's about 6.30 if the ceremony and the reception are at the same place. So it's 6.30 now, there's a cocktail hour, and the bride and groom arrive at 7.30 to do their introductions, first dance, other special dances. Next thing you know, it's 7.45. And we break for dinner, and there's a lot of the bride and groom walking around, talking to all of their guests. Um, not even a lot of eating for these, the newlyweds. And now like an hour's gone by for dinner and mingling and it's getting on to be 8.45. But then we have to cut the cake and then there's toasts and it's real easy for one person to talk for 10 minutes. So let's say, you know, three people speak and everything's brief and it's only 20 minutes. So at this point, it's already past nine o'clock. Hopefully everyone has spoken to the bride and groom and is warmed up and ready to party at this point. So we, we start dancing and partying, but we still have the bouquet, the garter, uh, maybe some other special moments, and you spend 20 minutes doing all of that, it's already nearing 9.30. Finally, people have been dancing, but at 9.30, the bar's gonna call last call, so everyone goes back to the bar. At 9.45, you do your last dance, and then you take 15 minutes, and everyone gets in position for your exit. That last 15 minutes are spent exiting. You really had hardly any time of actual solid dancing and partying. It's over. Now, if you're into just doing the other stuff and not dancing and partying, you can just end this podcast here. But I think you want to dance and party. So four hours for a ceremony and a reception 
is not nearly long enough. And that's why my DJ package is good for up to five hours because that extra hour is super worth it. That's where you're really going to get that extra hour of dancing. So, um, and I would even encourage you maybe to tack on another hour if you want, but let's rewind. Let's talk about the cocktail hour because that is, you know, basically an hour of your time. Your guests are at the cocktail hour celebrating your wedding without you for an hour. Usually we don't even create dance. We don't crank the dancing because the bride and groom aren't there yet. We're waiting on them to arrive to start the party. So basically it is, it's named the cocktail hour. So what I'm hearing is everyone is drinking for an hour and then you, the bride and groom and your wedding party show up sober to your own party. I mean, rarely is anyone ever hammered uh, by the time the bride and groom show up, but it sounds a lot like that's what's going on, an hour of them drinking without you at the party. So during the cocktail hour, the bride and groom and their wedding party and families are, are taking pictures. One way that you can save an entire hour, and there's going to be some strong immediate opinions on this, but hear me out. Take your pictures before the ceremony. I realize it's a tradition for the groom to not see the bride until she walks down the aisle. And if you feel that way, here's what I suggest. The groom and groomsmen can take pictures before the ceremony. The bride and bridesmaids can take pictures before the ceremony. There can be pictures with the ring bearer and flower girl and the bride and her family. Uh, You can take pictures where the bride and groom are back to back or there's a wall between them and they can't actually see each other. Get some of that out of the way. Basically, any pictures that don't involve the bride and groom seeing each other, do those first. Or you could just say to heck with tradition, you know, forget it. Take all the pictures you want beforehand. But definitely make sure you do get a picture of that first look between um, when the groom sees the bride. And make sure that that's a special photo moment that you want. But here's the pros to doing your pictures before the ceremony. As if saving all that time isn't enough. Everyone's going to look their best earlier in the day right after they finish getting ready. Uh, You know, a little bit of crying and standing in the heat of the ceremony aren't actually good ingredients for the most beautiful pictures. So, you know, if you want the sobby face, big group pictures, go for it, but do it beforehand and that's the best everyone's going to be looking all day. Um, You can also take the pictures of the children who are in the ceremony, get that taken care of. That way, after the ceremony is over, they aren't whining and all that childish stuff that you'll probably be doing too. They want to go home. You want to go to your reception. So you're trying to rush through the pictures. If you do it beforehand, everyone will be together, sober, and you won't have to go around hunting to find people after the ceremony. You are going to save party time and money with this choice by doing the pictures before the ceremony. The cons are basically breaking the tradition and not letting the first look be in front of a hundred or more people. So I don't know, maybe if you want your first look to be special and just between you and not some sort of strange fake thing with a hundred people or more looking on, that's one way to look at it too. So let that sink in, think about it. Just make sure you take in every moment you have and make memories and just have an awesome time. But your reception alone 
needs to be a minimum of four hours. And that's all I got to say about that. So head on over to eventsbysnow.com forward slash 40. Take a look at the book that I'm offering that's all about planning your day and uh, save time planning, add time to your uh, celebration, and book me to be your DJ. I'll see you on the dance floor. Thank you for listening to the Inspire Your Event podcast. Like, subscribe, be a part of the inspiration to change the way the world parties. Let's get out there and do this. No more cookie cutter weddings. Visit eventsbysnow.com for more information.